a guggling grate, she thought. Now I'm allergic to dogs, too. After Ginger finished sneezing, she pulled herself out of the hedge she'd fallen into, slung the school bags over her shoulders again, and staggered down the street towards school. Her nose ached. She hoped the cat was behind her, and not hiding up ahead, planning an ambush. She'd read somewhere that repeated sneezing while you're weighed down with two school bags could damage your spine. She glanced across the road. The dog was walking along on the other side of the street, keeping up with her, still staring. What a weird dog, thought Ginger. It looked like a cross between a shaggy Eskimo dog and an overgrown cattle dog, except it was black. Ginger wondered how a stray dog without a family to groom it or give it marrowbone jelly could stay looking so glossy. By spending hours licking its fur, probably, so people wouldn't spot it was astray and chuck things at it. The thought made Ginger's eyes prickle, and she knew it wasn't a sneeze starting. She stopped and turned her music down. The dog stopped too. G'day, said Ginger, giving it a friendly smile. The dog bared its teeth. Ginger saw how big they were and how sharp, but for some reason they didn't look scary. Perhaps it was because of the puzzled glint in the dog's eyes. Poor thing's probably confused, she thought, probably used to people saying g'day with rocks. Sorry I can't stop and play, she said. You know what it's like. Parents with busy careers. Plus, I have a very forgetful little sister. I've got to keep moving so I can get to school before my shoulders fall off. Ginger pointed to the bags. The dog looked like it understood, almost like it felt sorry for her. Suddenly, Ginger wished people would be kinder to animals. Well, some animals. You can walk with me if you like, she said, setting off again. Across the street, the dog trotted along, keeping level with her. I bet it's hungry, thought Ginger. She wished she could do something to help. But what? It was hard to think with the bags thumping her in the hips and her neck killing her and only five minutes till the bell. Then Ginger had an idea. Mitzi's lunch. If you have to carry your sister's bag, thought Ginger, you should be allowed to share her lunch, especially as she never finishes it. Do you like Vegemite and fish finger sandwiches? Ginger asked the dog. As far as she could see, the dog wasn't screwing up its face or gagging. Good, said Ginger. I've got some breakfast for you. Without stopping, she stuffed her headphones into her pocket and tried to unzip Mitzi's bag. She couldn't because the bag was swinging about on her shoulder so much. She stopped to make it easier. The bag kept moving. Ginger stared at it. Something was moving inside the bag. Oh, no, she begged silently. Please, no. Another big sneeze said yes. Ginger regained her balance, wiped her face, and unzipped Mitzi's bag just a fraction. She peeped in and saw exactly what she dreaded she'd see. A pair of accusing eyes a bunch of indignant whiskers, all surrounded by very irate orange fur. Ginger wrenched the zip shut and sneezed again. She felt faint. No wonder Mitz's bag was so heavy. It wasn't overdue library books in there. It was cornflake. Why would anyone put a cat in their school bag? Suddenly, as cornflake started meowing loudly and crossly, Ginger remembered why. School Pets Day. Ginger was seized by the desire to yell so loudly that Mitzi would hear her all the way down the road in school. Pets Day, she wanted to yell, isn't till next 
Thursday. Ginger was halfway through planning the type of diary she was going to buy Mitzi and the type of torture she was going to invent to make Mitzi use it when she remembered the dog. The dog must have stopped when she had. It was still staring at her from across the street, eyes glinting, not looking at all worried by the amount of saliva and snot that had been flying around. Its ears had pricked up. In the bag, Cornflake's muffled complaints were getting even louder. Oh, for guggle, thought Ginger. I've just offered breakfast to a starving stray dog, and it thinks I mean Cornflake. Now the dog's teeth did look scary. Ginger wondered if she should try and explain to the dog that it was all a mistake, that it wouldn't be fair to attack a person who only had a cat on them by accident. She decided not to. The dog wasn't standing still any more. It was moving across the street, coming at her, its breath rasping out through its fearsome teeth. Pausing only to sneeze two more times, Ginger grabbed the bags and ran. Chapter 2 Cat Out of the Bag Look out! yelled Ginger. Savage dog! On the school crossing, Rita the lollipop lady's eyes went wide with alarm. Ginger grabbed Rita and dragged her in through the school gate. She'd never dragged an adult before. They were really heavy. Quick! panted Ginger once they were both inside. She dumped the school bags and hurled herself at the gate, struggling to push it shut before fifty kilos of killer mongrel burst through and started eating kids. The gate was stiff and Ginger could hardly move it. She wondered why Rita wasn't helping. Poor thing must be frozen with fear. Isabel appeared at Ginger's side, pushing too. Ginger said a silent prayer of thanks for best friends, especially short ones with strong arms. Why are we closing the gate? asked Isabel. Savage dog, said Ginger. The gate clicked shut, and Ginger braced herself against it in case the latch wasn't up to the impact when the dog slammed into it. Except there wasn't any impact. What savage dog? asked Isabel. Ginger peered through the bars of the gate. The dog had vanished. It was a big black one, said Ginger. Wasn't it, Rita? Rita lowered her lollipop and gave an awkward shrug. I didn't actually see it in the flesh, she said. But if there was a savage dog, you did the right thing, Ginger. Yelling to scare it away. Good yelling, too. Scared all of us. Ginger saw that everyone in the playground was staring at her. Lachlan Grosby was frozen halfway through giving Ned Timms a wedgie. A group of year three girls were motionless in mid-skip, their ropes dangling. There was a dog, said Ginger, trembling partly from shock and partly because she could see some people didn't believe her. I thought it was going to get me. Mrs. Kalinsky from the tuck shop patted Ginger's arm with a hand that smelled of antibacterial kitchen wipes and mini pizzas. You poor love, she said. I don't like dogs much either, except for poodles. Miss Cunningham, the new teacher librarian, took off her leather jacket and put it round Ginger's shoulders. You were very brave, she said. Dogs can be very vicious. I've seen what they can do to library books. Bruno, the handyman, pausing in the middle of marking up the playground for Pets Day, brandished his leaf blower. If the mongrel comes back, he said, I'll blast it. Ginger started to feel better. What's going on? said a voice. Ginger turned and didn't feel better any more. Mr. Napier, the assistant principal, was striding towards her. He had a smile on his face. Ginger's insides turned to kitty litter. She knew what that smile meant. 
trouble. Savage dog went for ginger, said Rita. We repelled it, but if I see it again, I'll give it a whack with my lollipop. Mr. Napier peered out through the gate. Then he opened it and looked up and down the street. There was still no sign of the dog. Ginger felt like a total prawn. Mr. Napier shook his head with the same long-suffering expression Mum got when one of the cats was sick in her shoes. This savage dog, he said, that wouldn't be there, would it, in your bag? Ginger's stomach turned, and it wasn't just because of Mr. Napier's chemical aftershave. Mr. Napier was pointing at Mitzi's bag, which was writhing around at Ginger's feet. Some of the kids in the playground were laughing. Mr. Napier grinned and winked at them as if he was in their gang, which Ginger thought was a bit pathetic at his age. Well, said Mr. Napier to Ginger, is that the savage dog? No, said Ginger helplessly. She could see Mr. Napier didn't believe her. He turned to the kids in the playground, raised his eyebrows in a show-off way, then turned back to Ginger. What is it then? he demanded. A cat. The kids in the playground all thought this was hilarious. Ginger didn't say anything. She saw Isabel's eyes widen with concern, and she knew that Isabel had just realised it probably was a cat. Let's take a look, shall we? Mr. Napier said to the kids in the playground. He grinned at them again, then bent down and started to unzip Mitzi's bag. Ginger stepped forward to warn him, but it was too late. A hissing bundle of orange fury exploded out of the bag and attached itself to Mr. Napier's head. Ginger gasped. Then she sneezed. Mr. Napier screamed. The long piece of hair he combed over his bald patch had slid off his scalp and was dangling past one ear with cornflake hanging off the end. The kids in the